<laughs> Yay. We did it! Uh, do you want to open? Um, I'd have to get up, and then I'd have to open the door, and then I wouldn't be really far away from my microphone, because I'm using a mic stand, and my headphones only stretch so far. So I don't know if that's funny or not, but we'll I don't either! <laughs> it's opinions I, I, are cheap. Cameron yeah. and Chad. Hi, Cameron. Hi, Chad. I'm the dumb one. That's okay. I'm the sexy one? Yeah, you're the... You're voted most fuckable, um... Shit, what... Okay. You know, like, the Brady Bunch? That one guy's, like, the big man on campus? I was trying to think of that, no. but then trying to figure out most fuckable in there, and I had, like... It was just a crash in my head. All of these stupid words were just not having any of it. And then, now that I kind of got them straightened out, not worth the effort. Very not. I want a little trophy on my desk at work. This is most fuckable Brady. That would be really good. Because it's like, that's a story there. Like, you have to ask, what's the context here? Yeah. And you have to ask that at a time where you know that you have time to hear the story. Would people be upset if you had, like, something like that in your office, though, with the word fuck on there? I don't know. I... I don't know. I work by myself in a cave. Batman! No, Batman has a butler. That's true, he's not by himself. I feel like he's, like, in spirit by and himself. And a young boy. He's in spirit a pedophile. I think it would be really funny... Like, I, I've seen this joke before. Like you, you can't write original Batman jokes anymore because it's all been done. But I like when they play with the concept that he adopts the bat aesthetic because he's conquering his fear. Yeah. But when they'll like twist it, so he, when he says like, "I know, I'll dress up like what scares me," um, to scare others. And then he should just, like, dress up like a giant gun that the robber used to shoot his parents. That'd be funny. You should draw <laughs> Batman jerking off to furry porn, but the, the it, it's bat personas. Or no, what if he just dressed up like a cliche bank robber? But it's like he shows up and beats up all the bank robbers and leaves, and he never steals anything. So uh, police are baffled. <laughs> call, call Burglar Man. I kind of like the idea of there being Burglar Man, but he's the good guy. And it's just like, everyone's kind of confused. Like, we don't get what the theme is, but you're the only one that can stop the jokester. And it's like, yeah. I'm like, I will steal his jokes and shove them down his throat. But then I won't keep them because that would be wrong. And he swings away. And, and like, Commissioner Gordon's like, I don't know what. Oh, we, I love we, the idea. We need more help than this. Of there being, like, a villain and he's the joke thief. And then you take off his mask. You're like, Carlos Mencia. Ay ay ay! You did it again. That's not your thing. That joke deserved <sighs> that pause. Yes, I'm very proud of it. I'm not. That's um. a that's <laughs> a fun. We, we we don't talk comic books often because you already do. Yeah. But whenever we do, I feel like we have fun. Well, we should do. I mean, at a certain point, I probably won't be talking. I won't be doing that podcast anymore. So you know, once that hits, then we can uh uh then we can talk about more comic books. Well, yeah, I mean, we do fit comics in now and again, but it's always a hoot. Talking about anything with you is a hoot. Okay, of do you which, want to talk about a Japanese uh, high school game? 
Let's talk about Doki Doki Literature Club, which I played for the first time over the weekend. And this is kind of your first uh, visual novel, right? It depends. Do you do you count uh, The Walking Dead as a visual novel? Um, no, but it, I feel it like reaches that gray area. They're kind of like, similar. The thing is, I feel like visual novel is a specific format where it's words of text that you read like a book. And then there's like walking simulator, but walking simulator itself is kind of used as like a derogatory term. Yeah. But it's evolved into, yeah, but it is. And so I feel like all of these games lump into narrative focused games. Sure. But if you say visual novel, that means something very specific. Okay. So yeah, in that case, this is my first visual novel, though it did remind me of The Walking Dead because there's a lot of reading in that game and chunks of the gameplay are, you know, picking dialogue options, right? Obviously, The Walking Dead had a lot more going for it. This is, this never really felt like my choices mattered that much. Because I feel like there's only a couple endings and they're all going to funnel you sort of into the same spot. And it really is just like, hey... You're reading a thing in a slightly different format. There's there's text bubbles, there's some visuals, there's some music in the background. I'm guessing a lot of visual novels have like voice acting, at least like higher budget ones. So I kinda I kinda get it, but I also don't. Like my biggest hurdle is almost with this as a genre itself. Because if I'm gonna do a lot of reading, I wanna go on my couch and read a book. You know it's really funny? Uh I saw a post on 4chan the other day where somebody was saying how they like anime, they love anime, they watch all the animes, they stay up to date on anime. Uh, Something happened once where they didn't have internet for a week. And they're like, oh, great, we'll have to do something else. And so uh, he went and found some books in the house, and he started reading Lord of the Rings. And then he started reading uh, maybe Game of Thrones. And he just sort of realized, wait a minute, this is so much better than anime. And he started reading novels that were highly rated. And he had this epiphany or like, wait a minute, anime is garbage. Yeah. <laughs> I, I've, I've dedicated my whole life to like high school garbage without realizing it. And he had this like weird crisis <laughs> where he's like, oh, no, there's actual literature that I've been forsaking all along. It's. And like, and okay, I got like two directions from from this conversation, right? Because the first one is anime as a storytelling device, like as a medium, offers something that Western storytelling just doesn't have. And so, even like kind of bad anime, I like anime. There's just there's a spark to it that you're just not gonna get from anything else. Like there's a hype to it and an escalation that is silly and ridiculous, and like the emotional. Uh, peaks are so high or so low like it is nonsense but it is really fun enjoyably executed nonsense now the other thing is is to go back to the the video game thing i remember when the walking dead came out and people were really praising it because it had this like great story and these characters you care about and you want to see it to the end and your choices matter and and it was like mind-blowing to people and i'm like okay i'm playing this game and i'm enjoying it and this, the, it is well written. The characters are compelling. The the situation is is you know good use of zombies or whatever. But novels have been doing this level of storytelling or better for like eight hundred years. Uh, movies have been doing this level of storytelling or better 
for decades. Like, I don't know why it was so mind-blowing to people unless it's like, have you guys never read a good book or watched a movie that didn't involve Marvel characters? But that's the thing. That, that is really the issue, I think. <clears throat> I see people very eager to defend uh, narrative video games often. Like, this mm. is always a debate. Like, oh, don't call it a walking simulator. It's so deep and meaningful. And it's like they take it personally, but at the same time, it's like if what you like is the storytelling aspect of it, does the interactive part actually add to that? Or do you just want to hear a story? Right. Because it's not that it's not a valid uh, art form to explore. It's just that the examples that get raised up, they don't often capitalize on what makes the media or the medium unique. Mm-hmm. Um, I think The Walking Dead was neat, but I liked it more than the TV show. Okay. You know, like I got excited by comparing it to that. I didn't uh, like I'm not going to recommend it over a good book, but it was really, really narrative focused. Sure. Yeah. My, I think my issue with a lot of narrative focused games or, or games with good narratives, maybe it's not the focus, but it's like a selling point is. If this if the narrative is truly good, I, I feel like the gameplay gets in the way more often than not. We've talked about it Bioshock can. before, both the the first game and the and, and Infinite, and it's like if I ever really wanted to re-experience those, I'd almost want to watch a cut YouTube video and just get the story because I don't actually really want to play either of those games again. I, I, they're kind of clunky. Like the shooting doesn't add a lot to them. Uh, when it comes to like uh, The Last of Us, great game, great story. It's so long, though. It's just like this barrier. It's like, why can't this just be like a 350-page book? And then I could just get the story and experience this really cool world. And I don't have to do any fucking work. Well, also, like the interactive part, uh, usually a video game has a fail state. And that can just deflate the drama. Like when things really build up cool, you don't always want to like ram against the tough boss for a while. For sure. That's a big problem with horror games, too, where it's like, you're scared because you might die, but if you get to something that's hard and you get stuck on it and you die over and over, no longer scary, just frustrating. Right. Uh, Final Fantasy expansion came out, right? Okay. It got to the end, and man, I was really enjoying all the buildup because it wasn't just the buildup of the expansion story arc. It was like, wait a minute, this goes back to 1.0 when the like failed version of the game came out. Oh, wow. Like, there is a long road to get here. And I get to the final boss, and you have to queue up for an eight-man raid to finish the game. And I'm like, I don't want to wipe eight times. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I also don't want to spoil it. So <laughs> I went in blind, and I get a pop-up thing that, like, oh, there's new players in this game. So this round, you'll get extra credit at the end if you win. So, like, oh, no, I'm not the only one new to this. And so we have to rely on our tanks and our healers and everybody to do the mechanics right. And none of us have seen the mechanics before. And it's like the music's all amped up and it's dramatic. And you're on the back of a giant dragon flying after the abstract manifestation of the end of life, which is like this like porcelain mask with wings coming out of it like an evil angel. That's hype as fuck. And she summons planets to throw at you and then summons planets that crash into each other and the explosion will kill you. 
on top of her shooting lasers and magic swords at you. And I am like, <laughs> I went into this Zen state where like my senses were heightened and I'm playing the red mage so I can do these like instant resurrections by sacrificing all my mana. And so I am babysitting the healers and keeping them alive. And then nice. the like, oh no, the strongest, the, our samurai died. And it's like, we really need the samurai to, to crash through these planets. And then more planets come up and the boss is like the music swelling and the lines are so dramatic. Like I've seen worlds and time and again, and the explosions start playing in reverse. And then the planets will unexplode and then rearrange and then line up to explode in a different way. So you have to use like 3d spatial awareness on top of delayed effects. And so like, I'm doing all this trigonometry stuff floating in front of my face to like, <laughs> like, okay, I gotta, I gotta watch this. I gotta, I don't know how many revives I did, but we cleared it on our first try and just barely. And five different people gave me a commendation, which normally only goes to tanks. But they're like, oh, that red mage is keeping us alive the whole game. Nice. And it was like the most satisfying way to end this. <laughs> that That's the level of hype, though, out of like Japanese storytelling that you don't really get anywhere else. Or at least I don't find yeah. anywhere else. Obviously, I don't consume like a lot of media. And But it's very anime. It, it is, and it's fucking fantastic. And I wish more Western shit would kind of like lean into that and i think some of it is like watching like the climax to the owl house seasons there's like kind of like anime style fights and there's like hell yeah this is fucking cool they're shooting crazy spells at each other or my favorite thing about um rise of the skywalker that final ending when all the ships show up and there's like this fleet of you know star destroyers that can blow up planets and it's dumb as fuck but it is hype and i love the ending to that movie because it was just bonkers and and me and my brother, like, our big thing is, like, I wish they had gone even hyper. I wish people had started turning into fucking Gundams, pulling out giant lightsaber swords, and just getting stupid. Because that would have been so fun to see on a big screen. And I think I think that's kind of the thing, right, where anime and, and, and these, and these like, JRPGs and, and action games out of Japan, like, they're fine with kind of, like, setting logic a bit aside for the spectacle. And there's a balance there. And and sometimes I don't care where the balance lands because the spectacle is so good. And I wish more stuff would do that. And I don't I, I don't really have like a follow-up there. I, I guess I'm just done talking. Yay. So going back to our original topic, specifically at Doki Doki Literature Club. Mm-hmm. I'm normally the last person to say this, but I want to give like a spoiler warning. Oh, sure. There's a good chance you probably heard about this already, but just because it's free... You can just try it out yourself. Yeah, it's like a four-hour game. Like It will not take you that long to finish it. And it's a neat experience, especially if you are blind to it. So I kind of recommend, like before we say too much, maybe consider just playing Doki Doki Literature Club on your own. Yeah, I agree. It's, it's worth but, uh, playing. I, yeah. I really enjoyed it. Like it, it was cool. I probably will never play another visual novel again. Um, going back to the first part of this conversation where I just I would rather read a book. Right. But this experience was cool. <laughs> and I feel like if I had played more visual novels, I probably would have enjoyed it more because of like, it's clearly playing with the the medium and your expectations of it, uh, which is clever. So it's like, oh, the first thing I did was like play a deconstructionist visual novel, right? Like that's kind of weird, but I have a and feeling- going I back would... to our earlier thing, like the, the thing with the media is, or medium, why can't I say that? This game actually- does something that you could only experience in this way 
Yeah, that's one of my big things I want to talk about today because a lot of the times I'm playing this and I'm like, okay, this isn't doing anything that a book or movie couldn't do. It's just adding an auto audio visual to it that, you know, that a video game adds. Um, until like the end when it starts breaking the fourth wall and all of a sudden you're like rebooting the game and it knows you're rebooting the game and it's replaying dialogue, but it's got a different, you know, kind of sinisterness to it because characters are gone or changed. And it's like, yeah, you couldn't really pull this off in a book. Like if you were just copy and pasting long stretches of dialogue like that, you get fucking pissed. But also like there's nothing you could do in a book where it's like, the the book can't address you, the reader, and then mm. you do something to fight back against it. Like, there's a point where the game is actually manipulating files on your computer. Right. So it's like, it's just a very unique thing because it plays with not only your expectations, and it plays with tropes and tendencies in these games, but it also plays with, like, your files. <laughs> like, you have to dig through files and like dig through folders and subfolders and realize that oh wait i can tweak this and change it and that'll change the outcome of the whole game yeah i i I do think there's a bit of like there's a little bit of dissonance there because when i started this game and it's like type in your name i'm like oh i'm playing you know a japanese character about to go to school i'm going to be this character and i'm going to probably get some character option dialogue options and so what does this character want you know i wasn't playing as me i was playing as somebody else and then as it goes on and the char- the game starts breaking the fourth wall it's like oh no this is ta- this is supposed to be me but the dialogue options the few i'm given are kind of dumb and like the options that that i am saying you know the things i'm saying to these characters are not how i would talk and so it never felt like me until it was supposed to be me. And it's like, yeah, but this isn't me. Like, if this was really me, I, I we wouldn't be in this situation at all. Like, I would not play the game this way. I would not talk to these people this way. So there is a... It's a really good effort. And I think... I don't know why I care so much, but it, it kind of frustrated me a little. Where I'm like, okay, I see what you're doing. I like it, but I don't love it kind of thing. It just... It didn't quite click. I get that. Because it also, uh, I think personally for time, it kind of goes pretty fast. Yeah. Uh, I guess we haven't actually talked about the game. So if anybody didn't take the time to play it, uh, you're in school and there's a disclaimer at the start. I don't know if this is on the home version, but like I got the Doki Doki Literature Club Plus, which has a couple extra things to it. But it opens with so many disclaimers about like, like, if you're sensitive to these subjects, and like, there, here's a spoiler warning thing. Do you want to read this before you start playing? And then there's, like, another disclaimer. All the characters are over 18. It's okay. Because there's, like, a couple not. scenes where it's, like, you get, like, a little gross and, and pervy about it. They're, like, they're like clearly not. Which, you know what? Teenagers are gross and pervy. I don't know why that's an issue. I Well, no, I think... um. I think in some countries, it's actually illegal to depict, like, underage characters doing certain things. Oh. Uh, because there is, like, self-harm concerns. Sure. And so it's kind of like, look, we're just going to lie <laughs> and say they're 18, and maybe our art is bad. Sorry. Um, legally. They're all 500-year-old dragons. Right. So Having sex with cars. Um, but then even on that meta level... Uh, they're not actually uh, humans. They're all self-aware video game characters. So in a way, right? 
even even that's true that they're not uh actual miners within the context of the story they're all fictional within its own fiction mm-hmm. um but yeah the the game starts off and you just go to school and it's like your friend asks you to join the literature club and then it's the club is full of only girls and they're all cute and tropey and you get to pick which you know you do this like poem writing mini game and you can try to write poems to impress the different girls based on the personality and that stuff all feels pretty much in line with every single visual novel that someone would make on Ren-P. Sure. And it's funny because that's where, um, you know, my, my connection with the main character, because he's like clearly written is sort of this like, oh my God, look at all these cute girls. I'm so excited because maybe I'll get to know someone just a little bit more, you know, like he's, he's crushing on them, right? Like he's, he's, he's thirsty for these girls. But then as they start to make advances towards him, he's always just like, I don't know what you're talking about. Or, you know, he, he's so dumb. He's so dense. Like, I started calling him Doki Doki Dumbass by the end. Just because, like, every time <laughs> he would make a decision that wasn't mine, it was always the wrong one. <laughs> but it, it's... I feel like a lot of this character is written like this, though. Like, there's a certain level of dense, steadfast... And, like, I've seen enough um, uh, isekais, right? Like, they... I don't know what it is about this character that is popular, but it's clearly done on purpose. Like this game is playing with your expectations by creating this character and then by having him interact with all of these other tropey anime characters who are either, you know, oh, I'm the shy, sexy one. I'm the outgoing one. I am the, the you know, the snarky one, but also kind of cute, you know, uh, it's very, it's very smartly made, right? Like it clearly knows what it's doing. Yeah, it's very clever. Um, I was actually kind of impressed with the writing because some of it gets super cringy. But then in retrospect, I realized, wait, that was very intentional to capture that genre so much. Yeah. That it's like, ah, that was actually written well. It's just hard to read. <laughs> yeah. Um, But yeah, I guess I'd like to walk through like the normal sequence of events, I guess. So like, there's a couple days of like you go home after school and write a poem and then the next day you share it with the girls and you get different responses based on like who you're favoring, I guess. Um, so what did you think? Like, I think we talked about it a little bit, but like, did you pick one girl to pursue or did you just pick random words? So in the beginning, I was okay. So the very first poem I wrote, I was trying to be like, what are the words I would actually want to write a poem with? So I was like writing the first too. one for me. And then I realized, okay, that's really not the the intent of this game. Um, I know. I, I literally, I was like, oh, I want to write a poem. And I'm thinking about what do I like? And I saw like little girl icons will hop depending on what words yeah. you pick. And I go, oh, wait. Okay, I get it. So after that, I started pursuing um, Yuri, the purple haired one. The, I think the game really wanted you to pursue her. Like the way she talks to you early on and like you're kind of teamed up with her whether you want to or not in a way. So the game edges you in that direction. Uh, so f- for a bit, I was trying to pursue her. And then you start finding out about uh, Sayori, who is, I guess, the she's your friend who has depression, as it turns out. It's kind of one of the twists in the in the front half of the game. And so it's like, oh, well, I feel, okay, now I should, like, try to, you know, at least divide my attention between these two. Because one of them clearly needs my help, and the other one just has big boobs. Like, you know, priorities. Uh, but yeah, I, I largely was was aiming towards Yuri, uh, by the time the game started repeating itself, 
I wasn't giving a shit. I was just picking words at random. Like, I was just trying to get through the poem bits because I didn't care. Yeah, I mean, that's the other thing. They have a funny way of uh, railroading you so much that it, it kind of doesn't matter to get the actual experience. Yeah. And so I'm glad that they built it in a way that you can kind of quickly skim through it if you need to. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess... What what's the next important beat? I guess like there's a point where there's a school fair coming up and you have to pick one of the girls to team up with. Yeah. And then there's like a, an event where whoever you pick is at your house and you work on a craft together. And yep. then that leads to more like I'm going to say creepy scenes with the close up artwork. I really like that point because it, it it's like the one time it really feels like your agency is important. But then so I picked Yuri and it it. There's all it's okay. So I, I started playing this game knowing some of the twists, right? And so it was sort of like if I watch The Sixth Sense, because I've never seen that movie, but I know the twist. And so you're looking and you're finding the clues and you're like, oh shit, they're really seeding this well. And so I got to enjoy that is the experience with this game, being like, oh, okay. It's not just one character that's kind of fucked up. They're they're all ha- they all have problems, they all have issues, and they're being telegraphed in different ways. So I got Yuri comes to my house and it's like, oh, she's got a really cool knife. And you're like well, okay, here we go, right? Like, And she's yeah. like, I love knives so much. Look how pretty it is. And I was like, oh, this bitch is crazy. But how crazy is she? Let's keep pursuing her. And then like, you leave and come back, and she's like, you know, messing with her shirt or whatever, and you're like, you know, covering up her sleeves. And I was like, oh, no, she was cutting herself. Like, like I, I, that was telegraphed to me very hard. I got that right away. I was like, oh, no, it's like, we have, we have some issues here. Um, and then she like you cut yourself and she like sucks on your finger and it's like, oh man, she's really fucking crazy. But is she kinky, right? Like, do I keep pursuing her or do I not? <laughs> you know, like it 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 was such a it was such an interesting experience, uh, because I could clearly see where this was going, and there's so many red flags, but it's like, well, Doki Doki dumbass is thirsty. Maybe he still wants to try and get with her and then worry about the repercussions later. So then, I guess, comes the repercussions. Um, or rather, the inadvertent repercussions. But Sayuri sees you and Yuri together. And you basically have a moment where you can say to her if you love her or not. Like, she finally confesses. Yep. Um, I'm curious, did you pick, like, hey, let's be friends? No, I picked I love you. Which I didn't, I, I didn't believe or feel. And I was like, this is actually really out of character for Doki Doki Dumbass. But... She clearly needs it, and uh, I don't know what else to do. And so when she killed herself anyways, I was thinking, like, man, this dude is going to have, like, he needs to go to therapy so bad. Imagine telling some girl you love her and that you're going to help her with her, you know, problems. You're like, I'll make you feel better. We're going to get through this together. You know, I think I've always loved you. And then she kills herself the next day. Right. Like, that would <laughs> I... fuck you up so bad. Um. So I said, let's be friends. And I feel like that leads to the suicide in a much more organic way. Yeah. That would also um, still fuck you up really written. bad. What, what? That would also, like, just, like, the mental toll that would take. Yeah. Right? Like, that would no, be it's good. The same, oh, so bad. It's a bad situation either way. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you confess, I like the artwork you get where she's hugging you. But she also, like, talks about how she thought that would make her happy, but she still doesn't. And she doesn't know what's wrong or something. Uh, when you reject her, she talks more like 
uh, she's like, okay, yeah, I understand. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of believable because it feels like every other conversation you've had with her. Sure. And so I feel like that builds up to the shock a little better because it's like, oh, I picked wrong. Yeah. And I didn't expect it to get that wrong so fast. Uh, but it's neat when she kills herself. I think, how does it work? There's like a there's like a little prompt window in the corner of the screen that pops up, right? Ah, uh, I think so. Like something happens or like uh, you, you you basically like you get a monologue where your character says like, I can't do this anymore or whatever. I like, like I, I, I'll never be happy again. And it says, and, and then like a word bubble pops up. It says, Hey, I'm sorry. I'll, I'll try and fix it. And then the like command line comes up and it deletes um, the Sayuri dot Renp file mm-hmm. and the game reboots. But now that's when you get into like the glitchy stuff and it's the fourth wall breaky. Like, okay, what's really going on here? That part was fun because that's when, I've, like, the the stuff that you think is maybe telegraphed that these characters are screwy really starts to hit home that they definitely all are. Like, it wasn't yeah. that long into the second playthrough. I was like, I think Monica's an eldritch horror. Just the way she says, like, <laughs> oh, I know things. And it's like, yeah, so does fucking Azathoth, you crazy bitch. Like, this isn't good. I swear to God, like, at one point she's like, the poem I'm going to read is called, like, the pale eye sees all. It was something really weird like that. And I was like, oh, oh, no. <laughs> You're a bad yeah, I don't one, know too. If, um, yeah, did you pick up on how all of her poems are about you? Um, I'm not sure. Because they're, they're cleverly they're written. They're not. Yeah, but they're also very much about, like, having a focus on something that's just out of reach. And the first one I didn't think about. But the second one, uh, she talked about being in a prison of uh, of red, green, and blue bars. And I realized that she was describing like a CRT monitor. Oh, sure. And I read through the poem, like, wait a minute. And I scroll back to the top and I reread it again. And it's like, oh, she's describing herself being trapped in a box and trying to get out. And I thought, well, that's an interesting poem. Mm-hmm. And then later, like, when things go in that direction, it's like, oh... Yay. Uh, did you notice any of the poem keywords when you write your own? I mean, what do you mean by keywords? Because there's a couple that give funny reactions. Because, like, I noticed you were pursuing Yuri, and she's into, like, dark stuff and fantasy stuff and tragedy. Yeah. And one of the words is suicide. And if you click on suicide, then Sayuri is the one that reacts to it. Oh, really? I never clicked on suicide. I was kind of afraid to see what would happen if I did that. And it was like, <laughs> it was like, that's another one of those telegraphs. I was like, well, that's a fucking dark word to have in here. Yeah, just the fact that it's included. It's like, was that necessary? Um, Yeah, and then I think if you, I think the word abuse is in there. And Natsuki responds to that. Hmm. And it's like, huh. <laughs> like, they deliberately have Yuri in there to be the dark one to bait you into picking those other words on the off chance you notice. Sure. Yeah, yeah I, did, I definitely fun. didn't notice that. And like, like I said, by the end, I was like picking at random and not really paying attention. Um, So the pick air, Natsuki, I think she's an interesting character to talk about because I, I don't know if you've ever pursued her. I definitely was like, like the way she's presented, she she's extremely off-putting basically at the get-go unless you're like an extreme otaku and you're like, oh, she's one of those. I can pursue that one because we have interests. Uh, but to me, I was like, oh, she's, I don't know. I, I, I really wanted nothing to do with her. 
And I'm kind of curious where her story goes because I got basically none of it other than she does secretly care about everybody because near the end before uh, before Yuri commits suicide, she writes her poem is basically a note going, I'm really worried about Yuri and I don't think the red haired one is going to do anything about it. I'm what should we do? This is bad, right? And you're like, oh, this is like the most human moment I've gotten from this character, but I've been yeah. you know, like three and a half hours in. Uh, yeah, her story is weird because, uh, well, she doesn't actually get like a suicide moment. Oh, um, like you get to see Sayuri snap and you get to see Yuri snap, mm-hmm. but Natsuki is like reserved enough that you don't get there before the game kind of concludes. Oh, interesting. Um, I think there's implications that you pick up from the other characters that they all think she's anorexic. I'd heard that. Uh, I don't, and she has. Uh, like she brings up her father a lot. Like every single time that she can't do something, her response is, "Yeah, like my dad would let me do that." And it's kind of like, wait, is this like a? It's hard to tell exactly if uh, her dad is actually abusive or if her dad is very strict because he's concerned about her health and doesn't know how to help her. But she's not responding well to that either. And it's like, I almost want to know more about her. Yeah. Rather than assume the worst, but. I don't know yet. I did like uh, the one of the final poems that Yuri writes is amazingly unhinged. Like I was reading that, and I started laughing, and not because like it was funny, but because like I, I was really surprised at where it went. And I think I wrote some of the words down, uh, but I posted them in a Discord chat that I'm really active in, so they're probably like ten years up. It was. And then at that point, shit was really off the rails, right? So it was, you know, escalating. Uh, it wasn't. It wasn't surprising that it was there, but it was surprising at like how effective it was. I really like when the game falls apart in weird ways. Um, like the glitches, they they weren't all just like a static filter applied to the texture. It's like there's times where a character's face doesn't render right, and it looks like an actual error. Yeah. Um, but I like the moments when Monica will like stand in front of the word box and say, Hey, do you want to step aside for a minute while the two of them are arguing? And it's like, well, wait, <laughs> like, no, you're supposed to be behind the word box. Yeah. That um, stuff was cool. Cause like it was done in such a way that it, 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 you, it was deliberate, but it didn't feel like it. it. It really like seemed like something was just breaking in the game. Did you get startled when the time, like there's a point where, I feel like the the two girls are arguing back and forth a lot, and then it just cuts, and Monica's face is like zoomed in eight hundred percent. Like she, her face is pressed up against the computer screen to see you. Oh, I remember that. Yeah. So what is that? First, made me jump in my seat, <laughs> and I stared for the longest time because I wasn't sure if she was going to do something or have to push the button to proceed. Yeah. Okay, I found the two lines. One of them, one of the lines was "Breathing Snakes," which I was like, "Shit, that's a good name for a metal song." And the other one was a kaleidoscope of blood written in clocks. And I was like, that is so fucking awesome. Like, I, I got to yeah, write that down. I like that. I want to use that in a song. <laughs> one, of my, one of the things that made me jump, actually, uh, this was after uh, Sierra had killed herself and it restarted. And uh, Yuri and Atsuki were arguing. And one of them just calls the other a bitch. Yeah. And to me, like, even after seeing the suicide, like, that was so weirdly, like, jarring and abrasive. And I was like, whoa. Where did, you know, I was like, what what the hell is this? And then, like, someone, I think the other one tells the other one to, like, fuck off or something. And then, like, escalation yeah, like, of, like, getting curse words. I was like, oh, my God. 
the escalation and also like really personal mean stuff. And it's like, it's funny because when Sari was there and you're doing the same scene, she jumps in to de-escalate it immediately. Mm-hmm. And without her in the relationship, it's like, boy, everyone like hates each other. And I like how, uh, I think that's when Monica steps you aside and you talk with Monica for a bit. And then you see like Natsuki running away crying. And she is like sloppy crying with like snots coming out of her nose and stuff. Like it's a weird, it's a sprite that you never see again. Yeah. And you go back inside and Yuri's at her seat, like, like mumbling to herself. Like, I didn't mean it. I didn't mean it. I didn't mean it. I didn't mean it. And it's like, what happened? Like, what is going on? Yeah. Like that felt like straight out of like a horror movie, right? Where you just like, what? Yeah, it was, it was really surprising that, and that was almost more effective than Sayori committing suicide because that, that almost had the shock value. Like, oh, okay. This is what this game is, right? Like whatever. And then. It's like it, it establishes that as a baseline of what to expect, and then it, it just escalates it, but in different directions. It's not like it's not like it's getting darker or edgier. It's like no, actually, these characters you spent time with, we're gonna build them now in different directions, but they're still gonna kind of make sense to what we've seen. You know, th- there's new patterns forming, and it felt very organic in a way. Uh, let's talk about uh, the scene where Yuri kills herself. Hmm. So, what did you think of that sequence? It was, um, I don't know what I thought. I remember laughing at it, and not because, like, ah, oh, yeah. funny, but because, like, oh, this is surprising. Oh, it's still going. She's stabbing herself a lot. And, like, her face, she basically, right? like, like, she's got, like, this crazy eyes going on, big, weird smile. It, it It's just, like, Yeah, it's her so face starts contorting, and she, like... I want to say she confesses her love, but really it's like she's just rambling random things. Yeah. And then you can you can respond if you love her or not, but then she just takes out a knife and starts stabbing herself and falls over and's like, "Okay." And she's like, you get that great artwork where she's collapsed on the floor bleeding out. Mhm. And then it's just like you're stuck there for 3 days. That was <laughs> like you, interesting. You watch the, the sunrise and set. Yeah, the time passing. And you see, like, the blood leaving her face. <laughs> it's this, like, very subtle effect that goes over the course of the thing. It, it, makes, you, it um, makes you feel really trapped, too, because if you want to get through the game, you have to just endure this and, like, kind of, hey, Doki Doki Dumbass is apparently not leaving the room. I guess you're not either. Yeah. And then Monica the thing, comes th- in and she's game... just like, oh, no, she killed herself. Well, and then <laughs> it just, like, doesn't give a shit. Yeah, she apologizes that, like, she didn't catch the code to end that sequence for the day. So it's like, oh, you must have been trapped here all weekend. And it's like, this game actually removes your agency a lot. You kind of notice it earlier when, like, you don't get that many options to take. Yeah. But at that point, it's like, oh, you literally have no options to do anything. Like, you're at the game's will at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, so then, like, or <laughs> actually, I wanted to ask you real quick. Um, when the game's really breaking down and it's the point where you get to choose who to spend the weekend with and you, you get to pick the names, but it's like um, when you move the cursor, it always like changes to Monica. Yeah. D- who did you pick there? Did you I click on tr- Monica? I was trying to click uh, Natsuki and I'm pretty sure it just like I did not have the reaction time necessary, but or it's possible I clicked it and it just does like, no, you're still going with Monica. Have fun, buddy. So there is a split second before it swaps where you can pick someone else. Oh, interesting. 
And so, like, I'm fighting the game. <laughs> like, I'm trying to get the timing down. It's like, okay, I think I can do it. I think I can do it. And so I'm going for a while. I'm struggling. And I finally, like, okay, now. And I hit Yuri. Um, and then the screen goes white, except for photorealistic eyeballs staring at you. Oh, my God. And it hovers there for two seconds. And then it resets. And it's the same option, but only Monica's listed. That's great. And and then you get, like, error messages that say just Monica. And you, pick, you hit OK, like, five times. Um, and then she's like, oh, you picked me? Isn't that sweet? And it's like, oh, this is better than Misery. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, so let's talk about just Monica. Did you like that ending where you're in the weird, like, broken reality universe? So it was neat at first, and then I, I kept reading it, and I, I ended up messaging Emily and Alice, and I was like, how long does this go on? And they're like, oh, you're, you're supposed to delete her character file. And I was like, oh... She did talk about deleting character files. I probably should have picked up on that. But I, she I kind gives of figured... vague hints that can really trap you there. Yeah. Um. She says something about how easy it is to delete characters, and then she says something about how, uh, since it's just you and me, uh, we can just keep talking forever. And I don't think I'll ever run out of things to say. And apparently, there's like six hours worth of dialogue. Oh wow! So you can just leave that on and never realize that there's a way out of that trap. Because I went through it one or two more cycles than I wanted to. And I was, so I was like, okay, this is clever. I like this. And I was like, okay, at a certain point, we got to get to the end, right? Like, it's going to give me an option. And then I, it wasn't. I was like, guy, you know, what do I do? And like, oh, you got to delete the character file. And it's like, oh. And I want to say I would have figured that out, but I, I don't really know. Because the game doesn't give you a lot of agency. And so I'm just waiting for the prompt to show up so I can click yes or no. Well... Especially after the whole sequence with Yuri stabbing herself, because I think that's the downside, is that at that point the game trains you that sometimes you have to sit through garbage. Yeah. So it's like, was that a garbage tutorial, or is this something different? Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I do want to offer like a mild critique there, but I like the concept. I do too. I like the point where she calls you by your name. Oh, yeah. My, in my immediate I, thought, I was I like, where in... did she pull that from? Yeah, <laughs> I, so I was playing on PlayStation, which is a slightly different than the free version you get online. But I put in Greg as a name because that's always just my go-to like character name. Okay. And so when she says like, and now it's just you and me, Greg, or do you go by Cameron? I don't. I don't actually know anything about you. And I was like, I know the game's fourth wall breaky, but I was kind of like, now where in the fuck? Yeah. Did I figure out my name's Cameron. Because for me. It was like, uh, it, it was like, or should, or do you go by Conquer's Bad Fur Day, which is my online tag, and I believe it's my Steam tag, and it, I think it's what I named my computer, and I was like, hey, what's your computer's name? And I was like, oh, well, that's like my digital persona, right? I've been using that screen name since I was on the Nintendo forums back in, in high school. But I was like, so I know she got it from a file on the computer, but it's like, which one? Yeah, and... It I also, I think this works a lot better on PC because it's fun to dig through your own computer files instead of the facade on the console game. But uh, that's another thing is that most home computers, you put in like your own name. Sure. Like statistically, that's the most common thing. So they were really banking on that where it's like, it's creepy enough that this whole game happened because it's basically a creepy pasta. Like back when this came out and no one understood what to do with it. Mm -hmm. this is why the lightning struck without the guides and stuff because it's like 
I downloaded a haunted video game off the internet, and it's talking to me. It's a fun genre. Yeah. And it wasn't played out when this came out. <laughs> it's it's cool, though, right? Because, like, like, yeah, like, the creepypasta thing is, like, there's so many creepypastas, like, back in the day you'd read about, like, you know, you go to a website, the website talks back or whatever, or the video game talks back. And so to actually have someone do that and make it work is really clever. And it's another thing where it's like almost playing on tropes instead of actually, you know, it's, it's deconstructing more than just visual novels. It's like deconstructing the concept of creepypasta. Yeah, that too. I, I really, um, I can see why this is such a popular game. Mm-hmm. And I still recommend it. Like, even if you do know the twist, kind of just experiencing it yourself is something worthwhile if you think about things like game design and how to write. I, I think so. I, I think, like, the writing in this game is really strong. And there are times where it's like, like you said, it's kind of, you know, you want to look away. But it's not because the writing is bad. Like, it's doing that on purpose. Like, it's, it, it, it knows exactly what it's trying to do. And it is doing that. I, uh... Yeah, I I'm remember curious what you thought about the epilogue or like the final time you can go through where Monica's not around. Oh, yeah. So I guess um, you delete Monica to get out of that trap and you can reboot the game with all the characters except Monica. And it almost plays normal, but it's like you don't even finish the first day. And Sayuri like takes you aside and says that she's also self-aware and she's aware of what Monica did. And she like thanks you for, um, for freeing everyone else because now you can spend eternity with her. And then there's like a fraction of Monica's existence left. Like, no, it, I ruined everything. Um, I'm gonna delete everything, and it like the whole game like deletes itself off your hard drive and it plays the credits. And uh, I thought that was I clever. It. I didn't like it. It was fine. Like it, I feel like it wrapped up in a way that it had to. And it's like, well, that's interesting. But I think I liked other twists along the way more. Um, What I liked about it was that you get the spoken word part. You mean like the song at the end or? Well, the dialogue. Unless this didn't work on the PC version. I guess I'm not sure what you're talking about. So uh, when Monica finally deletes everything, uh, when you try to run the game or maybe it just does this automatically. It's like there's just static and there's no word text box or anything. And you just hear Monica's voice. And she says that like, she's sorry for ruining everything or something. Um, But when she was sneaking off all the time to practice piano, it's because she was writing the song for you. And she, she just wants to give you the song before she leaves. Oh yeah. Okay. And then it starts playing. Oh Yeah. Yeah, I'm right because it played the song and then it goes to for so uh, my version, it played the song and she said that was hers. I don't remember her. Maybe she did talk. Yeah, she did. Yeah. Okay. Never mind. I'm not. You're not crazy. Um, I'm but anyways, just dumb. <laughs> it's a, uh, it's the theme that's been playing on loop the entire game. Yes. Like pretty much, and it's like it's interesting because it's this theme that drills on and on, and it sounds like it's like a default that you can download for free on the internet. Like it's nothing special. Yes. But just her putting her words to it. Suddenly now when you do other replays, you think about her lyrics because this is now her song and she's been like haunting there singing to you the entire time. Yeah, that's cool. 
Yeah, I, I, I remember, liked that um, more than the actual writing of the ending itself, to answer your question. Okay, yeah, no, I, I get that. That was definitely a good way to bring the song around, because I remember, like, I think there was a version you can get where it's like, you get the soundtrack, and I was like, why would you want the soundtrack to this game? This all sounds like <laughs> corporate music that you would buy for $30 a track to put in your, like, YouTube video while the president talks about the latest corporate numbers, right? Like, it, it is... To my ear, not good music. It is very much basic background music. But then you add the words to it, and you're like, oh, there's actually a lot more to this song that was let on. That's also very clever. But like that that like eight minute epilogue, because that's about how long it was. Um I found it really boring at first because there's no conflict, right? Without Monica around, like everyone was getting along. And then Sayori is like, oh, I'm self-aware too. And it's like, okay, fuck that. Like you played this you played this card already. This doesn't do anything for me. This just was like a little annoying. And then I liked the song and I liked how it was like going through and deleting stuff as the song was playing. Like that was really cool. So you know, bringing it back like to that, I wish I wish the ending had been a little different and basically you didn't get that third playthrough at all and if it would have somehow transitioned from deleting Monica if she was like, wait, before you, before I go, let me do this. And basically just smash cut into like the credits with the epilogue there instead of like another six minutes of dialogue I've read before, but now know what there's zero conflict whatsoever. Yeah, I think that maybe lasts a little long. Um, do you want to talk about the bonus endings? So I didn't get any bonus endings. I played through this. Well, uh, yeah, so I, I don't think you have to. Um, like, I can just tell you how they go. There's a. Uh, there's a goofy bad ending you can get where on a fresh playthrough before you've done anything, you go in and delete Monica preemptively before she tampers with anything. Oh, really? And it boots up the game in like no Monica mode, right? Okay. And the game opens normally and it's like, boy, I have to go to school today. Oh, here comes my next door neighbor, Sayori. She's my friend, oh, whatever. She's always so clingy. And Sayori comes up and says, hey, what are you doing? Um, What? After... We're, I can't do something's wrong. I can't do this. We, no, what happened? And she has a breakdown and the game crashes. Oh. And then if you open it up again, you just get this weird corrupted JPEG of her hanging. Oh, Jesus. And it's bizarre. And you'd only appreciate it. Like, I don't think there's any reason that anyone would do this on their first playthrough. But it's interesting to think about how the characters are like tied together in this weird way where it's like, they do have bonds between them and it doesn't take much for any of them to snap. Yeah. Now there's considered a good ending and to do this, um, you know how Monica would give you like gameplay tips, like at the end of the club session, she'd like give you a, like remember to save or something. Mm -hmm. So, uh, after the point where she says, remember to save, you might want to be, you might want to come back and do things differently. You want to save there, and then you do your first poem night. And if you do perfect poems for all the girls, that basically, like, do only Yuri words, and you get the Yuri scenes, and once you get all of her scenes, you want to load and do all the Natsuki scenes, and then load and do all the Sayori scenes. Um, And then at the point where... What is it? I think after you do all that, there's the part where... Um, normally Sayori would ask you if one of the other girls asked to walk home with you, would you go with her or would you go with Sayori? And if you pick Sayori, um, then she breaks the fourth wall 
And she says, I know you've been save scumming and you've been trying to make everybody happy. And I just think it's really nice that you want everyone to be happy. So I want to thank you. And then oh, she wow. leaves and then it goes to the credits. And so it's like the game ends and it implies that they're still broken, but it's like you don't get a suicide in the ending. Oh, interesting. It's also much. Shorter. Yeah, it's interesting. How does this uh, how does this all work on the PlayStation where you're not like on a desktop? So it's interesting. And they, I think they handled it very well. Um, The first time the game kind of like crashes or whatever, like when uh, I guess when you get that first ending after she hung herself, um, it boots back to a pretend uh, desktop interface. Oh, OK. And there's like folder commands and stuff. But you also get other extras. So you can access the soundtrack there and you can unlock wallpapers and stuff. So there's like a gallery, but there's also an email thing. And the email is this other side story where it's uh, you're accidentally getting copies of emails of the developers emailing each other and talking about like how their AI thing isn't working right. Oh, that's cool. Uh, that stuff is written terribly. Oh, no. <laughs> like, I don't. It was clearly like an afterthought or something. Sure. Because it's so unbelievable. Like, it's just lame. So I kind of recommend the free version. And then, like, if you thought it was a great experience, go ahead and chip in the money. But you don't, you're not missing out here. Uh, the other thing it includes, uh, there's, like, DLC where there's extra chapters. And they're prequel chapters of how the girls met each other and what led them to start the literature club. And there's no horror elements in those. It's just character building. Okay. I'm told they're worth doing, so I am going to play those eventually, but I don't think they're integral to the story, so I wasn't in a rush. That makes sense. On the whole, like, you know, if I was going to sum up my, like, ex- you know, playthrough, like, I, I, I did enjoy this. Um, I didn't want to go back and forth with you too much because I knew we were going to talk about it, but I was, like, harassing Emily and Alice, uh, who have definitely played this before, as I was playing it, and giving them somewhat live updates and normally I wouldn't do that with a video game, right? Cause I'd be like engrossed in the game, but because like this plays in windowed mode and it's basically just reading and clicking next, it, it felt okay to do that. And it also like this game feels like it's, it's supposed to be kind of a shared experience. Like there's like this, you know, react to kind of aspect of it. Like how you perceive the game is part of the game, which is cool. Um, it's not something I would want to do often. Like I enjoy this and I'm going to be good on this type of thing for a long time. Like I don't, I don't need this experience again anytime soon, but I did enjoy the experience and I'm glad we got to like play this and talk about it. Cause this, this has been a, a very, very fun time. Yeah. It's a very nice little experience. Um, I think if anyone out there likes video games, like, I don't just mean you have a video game you play, but specifically, like, the hobby of game design and thinking about what does and doesn't work. It's like, this is kind of a must-play just because of how unique it is. Yeah. Um, I remember when I convinced you to try it, I very deliberately tried to prepare you for how cringy, like, the first third is. Where it's like, yeah. the first time that you deal with anyone, it's you trying to button Sayuri's jacket, but it's like, all oh, these top buttons aren't reaching enough. Like, what's oh, wrong yeah, with your shirt? It seems stupid. too small. 
And I'm like, oh my gosh. I was, and I was literally wondering, like, is Chad going to message me that he doesn't want to do this anymore when he gets to the scene? Because it doesn't, <laughs> like, it pays off because it subverts your expectation intentionally. But it's also like, ah. I never, if I had not known kind of where this goes, I don't think I would have finished it. I, I, I would have gotten yeah. to there or maybe like a couple minutes after that and be like, fuck this. This is just another one of those cringe ass, vi- you know, visual novels where some guy's going to jerk off while he talks to girls about books he doesn't care about or whatever. Because that that seems like it's a thing. You know, I've been online. I've played VR chat. So it's like, uh, it's the year 2022. If anyone out there isn't convinced that this is a fun thing, I just want to say it's better than Black Mirror. Because oh, it puts you in the story. There you go. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> I like it. I, I'm happy that this game became a cult classic and it became well known and you know, I'm happy to have the disc in a box on my shelf with my other prized video games because I think I earned a spot there. Sure. I feel like you should get some bonus points for being smart, right? Like if you're doing a thing and you're smart, and you're doing something no one's done before or you, maybe like like the Metal Gear games have like done fourth wall shit where it's like, oh, go in and fuck with your save file or, you know, plug the controller into the other port. And so like, they, I like they, that one. Um, the spirit of that, I think right? Metal Gear Solid 2 does it. But there's a part where you're, like, fighting the simulation. And in the final boss, at random, you'll get the game over screen as if you died. But it's like the game's still running. And it's just trying to bait you into putting down the controller. That's clever. You know, it's like moments like that where it's like, wow. Like, this game's, they're not pulling punches. And you're, you're fighting, you're not just fighting the bullets, but you're fighting the programming itself. Amazing. Yeah. So I am the Matrix. Did you see the new Matrix movie? No, I I've been I'm trying to rewatch them first. So this weekend I'm gonna watch Matrix two. The next weekend I'm gonna watch Matrix three, and then the weekend after I will I will finally have seen the new one. Okay, so you don't you haven't been like spoiled on it yet. Um, I, I have some some surface level stuff. I know a couple of the things, uh, but I think everything I know is probably within the first like half an hour of the movie. Okay, I won't say anything. Either but, I, I figure I either really like it or really not like it because that seems to be the uh, consensus <laughs> on this one. Yeah, that's the that's the consensus. Um, I was watching the Red Letter Media review, and their review was like, "Ah, whatever. If you got HBO, it's free. Why not?" Like it wasn't even like, "Oh, what trash!" Like like usual. He was like, "Ah, sure, whatever." And so, yeah, just enjoy something. It's okay to enjoy it. I'm told, as far as, like, Wachowski action scenes go, these ones aren't as good, but there's, like, that level of heart that only those directors can put in a movie is in this one. It's like, oh, well, I mean, I enjoy Jupiter Ascending for, like, it's wacky bullshit. It's not a great movie, but there was something about it that was kind of fun. I'm glad I watched it. So that's our review of The Matrix. <laughs> um, um, yeah. So, yeah, I guess uh, Doki Doki Literature Club uh it's unique and i recommend it and also it's free so why not do you have any other closing comments or uh notes to share Uh, no i think i think that's about it um okay so let me bring up my notes here so when we 
we, we decided we we're going to do the uh, the whole uh, where to go. We picked Doki Doki Literature Club um, for our topic. So did you do your homework? What was my homework? We're going to write poems for each other. Were we? Yeah, just like in the game. When the fuck I'm gonna did we agree to that? I'm going to read my poem I wrote for Chad. Um, embrace daydream, color, charm, broken, extraordinary, amazing, adventure, beauty, comfort, fantasy, vacation, alone. That's my poem for you, because you're I, special. I didn't, I didn't write you a poem. That's okay. How about a glad space? We could do that. Oh, I got, I, once again, like, I got, I got, like, multiple things I could pick. I think the one I'll go with. Uh, today, I finally finished recording my vocal cover for the Slaughter Trail Prevail song, Demolisher. And that's a nice achievement because uh, for one thing, I've been working on it on and off for a bit now. So like to be like, I'm done with the recording thing. This is good enough. I don't want to come back and have to do this anymore because I'm sick of working on it. It's cool. But I think I've told this before, but I remember when this song first came out and I heard it and I was fairly early as far as like vocals go. I was like, I think I had taken a couple lessons with Mark and was somewhat shattered that I didn't really know anything and I had to start over. And this came out and I was like, I will never be able to do that. I'll never be that this good as this person. Like this song is so complicated and weird. Like there's no way I can do this. Like I, I have to aim lower. And so the fact that I'm like, no, I recorded it. I can do it. Uh, if I really wanted to, I could do it from start to finish. The timing would be fucked because the timing's really hard in that song. I don't have it totally memorized, but I can do it. And so it's been a really nice like pat on the old back moment. Just, you know, hit a goal, set a goal, hit it kind of thing. But that's good. I will be um I will be cutting it into a YouTube video that's gonna actually have I filmed myself performing parts of it and then it's gonna be cut together with footage of me playing with my cat and then footage of me and Joe playing Dark Souls three as Nicolas Cage and Handsome Squidward. So it's it's very stupid. Uh but I, I wanted a visual to it, and I know like those things get more traction or people care about them more if they see like a person. So it's like, okay, well, I'll lie, and I'll, it'll, it'll look like I'm doing the whole thing, but I'm definitely... I, I didn't want to deal with that. That shit's hard. And also, I fucking hate <laughs> seeing myself on camera. And it's like, no, I don't want to do this for three and a half minutes. We'll do, we'll do 40 seconds, and then the rest can be bullshit. That's what about you? good, though. Yeah. A glad space for me. Oh... <laughs> Man, I know I had something, and now I feel stupid for forgetting it. Oh. But that's not all. Um, okay, this is a weird glad space, but the did you see the new Spider-Man movie? No. So I didn't. And I, it feels me good. It feels me good, real good. Sometimes it's okay to be like, you know what? That really doesn't interest me, and I don't feel like I need to be part of the conversation. Yeah, like practicing the restraint and just being able to say, no, I didn't see it. It's kind of like, yeah, you know, I, <laughs> I don't own or I don't owe this company anything to go see every single one. And it's just I really hated the trailer. And it's like, yeah, you know what? I'm not feeling it. And so it's kind of nice just kind of, you know, uh, admitting that I don't feel it and staying home and taking a nap instead. 
As it's like, I, I'm my own man. I'm not a slave to the corporate media. Yeah. I'm going to play independent uh, anime girl games with boobies in them. We're better than Spider-Man Homecoming. We have independent anime girl games with boobies in them. Oh, that was another one. Yeah, like you mentioned when they start swearing, how like startling that was. Yeah. Um, there's a line. I don't know if you got this line or not, but there's one part where like Yuri says that she stole a pen from you and she was using that to touch herself last night. Oh, yeah. At that point, she was, was like, already the, off the rails. So it was off the rails. But something about that was like, like, wait, how vulgar is this game going to get? Like knowing yeah, that yeah. they crossed the line already and that they're intentionally going crazy. It's like, whoa, what? Yeah, that was that was yeah, because there's definitely different thresholds and lines to cross, right? And it's like it crossed a couple, and then it did that, and you're like, oh, yeah. I don't think this is gonna turn into like smut because I would have heard that. <laughs> but it's really funny owning the game case because it's like it looks like it's a game for high school girls or something. Like they're just so pink and anime on it, and it's like rated M. And like, oh, <laughs> all right, <laughs> I don't know. Well, yeah, I guess that's all. I hope everyone out there is having a good, uh, good time. I was gonna, I was gonna spiral off about Marvel stuff, but uh, we don't need to. But I, I've, I have some Marvel Legends figures that I got back when like Marvel was the shit, and like Guardians of the Galaxy yeah. one came out, and I got the toys. I'm just like, ooh, I don't, I don't know if I need these anymore. Yeah, or, I, I know might what just you mean. like. The, my my one store that I, I buy CDs from and comic books, they, they have a, a fairly like extensive like buy and sell toys there. And I'm kind of curious what they might like, give me for them. You know, if I just want to like get rid of them, like they're out, they're out of the house, don't care anymore. Or if. Yeah, I mean, you know, the thing is, and this is a good rule of thumb to use, but if you have something in your house and it doesn't spark happiness, then just get rid of it and you actually do feel better. Yeah, and it's like funny clutter because and possessions really weigh you down in ways that you don't realize. I have, I mean, I have a, a full basement, right? Like, I have literally more room to store shit than ever, but I don't want to. It's sort of like, I don't need this anymore. I should just get rid of it. Like, it doesn't need to be in the house. Um, So I'm still on the fence because it was kind of fun to get those. And I know I was at one point really excited to have them and build Groot and whatnot. But... I don't know, I'm just somewhat over the Marvel thing, and it's like, ah. What if I got more Dragon Ball Z toys? For some reason, those still spark joy. I like, I, I don't, I don't yeah. even think Dragon Ball Z is that good. But it, 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 no, it is. makes me happy. It's maybe the best thing ever made. Ah, is it though? <laughs> 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 what, a, mm-hmm. what a weird note to end the show on. Yeah. We went places tonight. Should I, should I stop recording? Let's stop recording. Bye, everybody. Goodbye. But in this world of infinite choices
special day. What will it take just to find that special day?